Hello and welcome to yet another episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. This show is for entertainment purposes only and extremely. Not safe for work, this particular episode is Investing 202, How to Analyze a Business Qualitatively. Now, the first question I always ask myself is, do I understand the business? And if the answer is no, that's fine. Just move on to the next company. And if you're being perfectly honest with yourself, then the answer is usually going to be no. Once a year or so, I like to export a list of every company with a market cap of over like $5 billion, let's say. And then I sort them by industry and sector. Then I start chiseling away at the list. I remove airlines, automobiles, fashion, uh, pharmaceuticals. I remove all the stuff I don't understand. Then I take a look at what's left. That's my investment universe, or circle of competence, as Buffett would say. And now keep in mind, I'm not saying ignorance is bliss. You should always be trying to be learning, but the important thing is to admit when you don't know enough about something to invest in it. Investing takes an odd combination of confidence and humility. The next question I was asked myself is, will the company be around in five or 10 years? And if the answer isn't an emphatic yes, then maybe you should be investing elsewhere. The question forces me to think long-term. What are the company's long-term prospects? Let everyone else try to predict what earnings are going to do this quarter or that. I have really no interest in that game. And it's not because you can't make a lot of money being right about earnings calls. It's just, I don't think I have any advantage there. But I do think I have an advantage in thinking about the future of society and how certain businesses may be able to fit into that future. Which leads me to the next question, or the last question. Does the firm have any competitive advantages? So competitive advantages gives me a framework to analyze the competitive landscape of the business. If a firm is super profitable, then economics tells us that other firms are going to try and come in and take those profits. Competitive advantages are a way for companies to hold off those other firms for as long as possible. I break the competitive advantages down into four buckets. The first one is low-cost provider. This is when the company can provide the product or service for less money than the competitors. So it can either afford to charge less, or it can charge the same but enjoy wider margins. Think of a company like Netflix. It spends a shitload of money on content. But that money is spread out over 220 million subscribers worldwide. So their cost to provide you with any given TV show is substantially less than Hulu, for example, on a per-customer basis. The next one is high switching costs. That's when customers are essentially locked in to a product or service. Think of Excel. You can download OpenOffice for free, and it works pretty well. But you have to learn new formulas and menus and if you send a spreadsheet in .ods, it may not even open for the coworker or client who is using Excel. So even though there isn't a financial cost to switching from Excel, there are still costs that keep you on Excel. Uh, then there are network effects. Amazon is a great example. Buyers go on Amazon because that's where the sellers are, and sellers go on Amazon because that's where the buyers are. And each additional seller makes the platform more valuable to each individual buyer and vice versa. This is also called the flywheel effect. Then the final competitive advantage is intangible assets, which is admittedly a catch-all. This one includes things like patents, regional monopolies, or brand. Brand is often misunderstood. 
just because you recognize a brand name doesn't mean it's valuable. The brand name has to influence sales, either by providing the business with sales volume or pricing power. So a powerful brand is Disney, for example. Every year they can charge more for a ticket to Disneyland, and every year more people show up. Uh, now let me talk about what is not a competitive advantage. Market share. Market share is not a competitive advantage. If it were, there would be no point in doing any more analysis. We could just look up the company's market share and go, well, that's never going to change. But that's just not how it works. The study of competitive advantages is the study of how market shares can change over time. A firm that is lacking in competitive advantages will see its market share erode over time, while a company that has strong competitive advantages may even see its market share increase. So it really depends on the individual company. Another way to define this is you could call it the Kevin O'Leary argument. So if you've ever seen Shark Tank, it's this show where entrepreneurs go on television looking for funding. Uh, Mark Cuban is on it. Anyway, Kevin O'Leary is this uh, guy that always asks the question, what's to stop another company from coming in and ripping you guys off? And it's probably the single most important question that ever gets asked on that show. And it's the question I always ask whenever someone pitches a stock to me. What is to stop someone else from coming in and doing the same thing? Uh, so the next episode is going to be about quantitative analysis of the business. But there is one last point I want to raise. In Philip Fisher's book, Common Stocks and Uncommon Profits, he delineates 15 points that you could use to appraise a company. He concedes that a company may be worth investment if it fails on a few points, but there is one point that he lists as an exception. He says, uh, he shares a story rather about a factory where the workers weren't being allowed enough time to wash their hands during their lunch break. So they were eating their lunches with hands covered in oil and grease. Fisher said that it didn't matter how well that company performed on the other 14 points, he would never invest in a company based on that story alone. And that really has me bothered because I'm invested in Amazon. And I think the point he's trying to make is a company's financial performance may be a mirage if it's based on exploiting workers, because eventually those workers may strike. And uh, that's really all I'm going to say on that, on the overall topic of qualitative analysis. Um, but that doesn't mean those are the only things to consider. Each company is different. That's why I always say, you know, read the 10Ks, read the 10Qs. Uh, really pay attention to the footnotes, uh, read the newspaper articles, watch YouTube videos, read books, talk to customers, talk to employees, really try to paint a picture. Pretend you're an investigative journalist or a scientist and really think about the company's future before you make an investment. And if you're interested in more um, about competitive advantages, I highly recommend Pat Dorsey. He has a couple lectures on YouTube and he has a couple books uh, you can probably get from your local library. So, all right, uh, that's it. Uh, thank you for listening and have a great day. Bye-bye.